from uh, about 15 years on up, uh, a great deal of my thoughts were uh, basically unshareable. We are all evil in some form or another. Yes, I am evil. Not 100%, but I am evil. My mother was a, a sick, angry, hungry, and very sad woman. I hated her, but I wanted to love my mother. This is Serial Killing, a podcast. Hello and welcome to Serial Killing, a podcast, where we also veer off the serial killer path to delve into other topics within our beloved true crime community. Special thanks to some of my patrons, as always. Janice, Pixie, Rachel, Whitney, Maya, Alethea, Elena, Katoras, Catherine, Sam, Linda, Katerina, Teresa, Sophie, Nanette, my dear two Emmas, Emily, Galen, Bree, David, John, and my spicy girl, Judy. Thank you so much. You are truly appreciated. And for anyone else, please feel free to join my patrons so that I can bring you more of what you crave. Also, like, share, and subscribe. It just might help our little community grow. Now, this podcast is going to be a little different. I've had this particular subject on my mind quite a lot lately, and I just felt compelled to address it. Now, I'm not the sort of person that gets involved in celebrity gossip. I mean, I like a heaping cup of hot tea, if you know what I mean, but the goings-on of the incredibly rich and famous isn't something I obsess over. Unless they came from absolutely nothing, they can't plug into what it's like to be a normal, average person. And even then, once they've been incredibly rich and famous for a period of time, they are too far removed from the general population of the planet and what's going on. But that's not to say they aren't human, because they are. Whether their bank account has $5 or $5 billion in it, they are still a flesh and blood human being who already had the seeds for whatever kind of person they are within them. Now, does the fame and fortune, or at least the impending potential for fame and fortune, add fuel to the fire of any potential pathology? Let's look at a case that is fresh in the news that I've been paying close attention to because this is a man who I actually followed on social media because I enjoyed his Skyrim impersonations. You try mercenary work, might suit you. Hey, watch it. <gasps> Something going on? Need something? Need something? His online name was Jin Kid. He was best known for his impersonations of not only Skyrim, but also famous people and characters, such as Al Pacino's Tony Montana. Antonio Montana. And you? What do you call yourself? Kylo Ren and Poe from Star Wars. What's up, guys? I'm going to do some random Star Wars impressions from the sequel trilogy. Here we go. Tell us you have a plan. You're so lonely. I'm so afraid to leave. 
various rappers, and so on. Here's some examples. Takashi, the judge has decided to grant you witness protection. Ew, no, 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 I don't need it, I don't need it, I'm good, I'm good. I don't think you understand what could happen if you don't take the witness protection. Listen here, John Wick. I did not kill your fucking dog. So stop treating me like that, you feel me? Third, if I take witness protection, the whole world is gonna know that Takashi 6 ix 9 snitch. I cannot afford that, you feel me? Why? Because I'm gangster. I know I'm gangster, you feel me? His real name is Ali Abulaban. He was born on May 18, 1992 in Staten Island, New York, but also spent his rather average-sounding childhood in Virginia because he graduated from Stonewall Jackson High School in Manassas, Virginia. Sources say he is a Palestinian-American and his family are Muslims, but I couldn't find out much more about his family. I found one source that did say he had a brother but no sisters, but I can't be sure that is accurate. His father is a businessman, entrepreneur, and his mother is a housewife, but that's all I could find. He kept that part of his life quite private. The only thing I could find regarding any trouble Ali might have been in while in Virginia was one speeding ticket, and that appeared to have been dismissed. Sources state that he had always been interested in acting since he was a small child. He allegedly spent a lot of time watching well-respected actors and trying to emulate their talents. He met and married a girl named Anna. I also couldn't find really much of any information about her, but a couple of sources stated that she was born in 1993 in Staten Island, went to a high school on a military base in Japan, and completed her Bachelor's of Science degree from Technological University of the Philippines. An interview with Anna's best friend of 15 years stated the couple had been together for seven years and that Ali had actually been in the military but had been kicked out. For what? Maybe we'll find out eventually. It was said that Ali and Anna dated for some time and of course got married and they had a daughter together. Now, while Ali worked as a senior IT network engineer for the federal government, he became a content creator on several social media platforms, most notably TikTok, but he also had an Instagram, YouTube, all the usual suspects. And though he did impersonate many different people and characters, it seems that Tony Montana was his personal favorite. So in early 2021, Ali said in an interview, that it was Anna's idea that they move from their home in Virginia to San Diego, California. In an interview with Fox 5 News in San Diego, and I'll put the link to that interview in the notes because it's pretty moving and I highly recommend you watch and listen. Ollie said that they were living the American dream in Virginia when Anna suggested they move. Again, he had always wanted to be an actor, and he was just beginning to see his dream realized, and she had friends there that she wanted to be with. He began rising in popularity on TikTok rather quickly. He showed up on my For You page with the Skyrim stuff, and after going through some of his videos, I followed him. I thought his Tony Montana stuff was pretty funny. And along with watching his content, I saw his wife, Anna, make content with him. Hey, babe. 
Uh-huh. I want you to try to do the 6 9 impression. Alright. Okay. So I'll do it first, alright? Alright. Yo, like literally, you're mad fucking beautiful. You feel me? I want you to say, Y'all know the fucking vibes. Y'all. Y'all know. Y'all know. I also saw their very young, beautiful daughter in some of the content as well. And while every single one of us has heard this statement that not everything you see online is positive and that people post the very best of their lives, leaving out the not so positive, I truly thought this new young family was, for the most part, doing well. Oh, how social media deceives us all. Ali said that once they got settled in San Diego, Anna began to live it up. And then she began to party too much. Now, Anna's best friend wholeheartedly disagrees, though, saying everything was about Ali, that he would talk over people, interrupt people, and would even answer Anna's phone when she called her. She described him as self-obsessed. Ali was still rising in popularity, adding some live online gaming to his comedy routines. He began meeting some relatively famous people and rubbing elbows and networking, the way content creators do as they become very popular. And, of course, Anna was enjoying some of the perks of being the wife of a talented up-and-coming entertainer. Ali was young, handsome, and engaging, and his wife was beautiful and always smiling, and they appeared every bit the supportive, strong, power couple. But as we all know... What people show on social media is not what their real life is. Truth be told, Ali blames their move to San Diego and subsequent troubles on Anna. Once they got there, he states they began to grow apart. But Anna's best friend stated otherwise. She said, quote, There's nothing good about him. He's selfish. That's all I can say. Selfish. End quote. Ali's own cousin said that he began to change once he became famous on social media, and even during a gathering, Ali produced a rather large bag of cocaine. His cousin confronted him about it and the risks involved, to which Ali allegedly said, quote, I'm Jin Kid. I can do whatever I want. Nobody can touch me. I'm Jin Kid, you know? End quote. It was said that he bragged incessantly about having the blue check verification on social media. At first, Ali denied the drug claims, but then later admitted it, saying that the drug, quote, messed with my brain. It made me violent. It made me aggressive when I'm on it. Yeah, end quote. And this matches what we know because, allegedly, the police had been called to their apartment on a few occasions, including one incident last September on suspicion of domestic violence and, yes, their very young daughter had witnessed the domestic abuse. Ali has officially denied ever hitting Anna. On the weekend of October 16th, Ali said that he was in Los Angeles at the Comedy Store and was close to having a talent agent and was speaking with producers. A couple of days later, his wife asked him to leave. She was planning on filing for divorce and had mentioned she wanted to get a restraining order against him to her friends. He had taken some of his things and moved into a hotel, but a couple of days later... 
He used a copy of their apartment key he had made, apparently trashed the apartment, and installed a listening app on his daughter's iPad that connected to his iPhone so that he could listen in on what was going on in his absence. Also during this time, he was calling Anna and texting her constantly, and she was actively ignoring him. So on October 21st, he was listening through the app on his daughter's iPad when he heard a male voice that he states he didn't recognize. He then flew into a rage, convinced that Anna had been cheating on him and drove to the apartment. He says in the jailhouse interview that during the drive over, he was screaming at himself repeatedly. As you're driving to the apartment. He went into the high-rise apartment, up to the 35th floor, was recorded running out of the elevator by a security camera toward the apartment, let himself into the apartment unannounced and with no warning, and found Anna with a family friend of both of theirs, a 29-year-old man named Rayburn Barron. What I'm about to tell you that happened next is still alleged, supposed, not proven yet. You know the drill. Ali saw Anna and Rayburn sitting on the couch. He said, quote, To see her kissing Ray on my couch with his feet on my table with my wife, my money, my apartment, my life, in the house that my daughter sleeps in on the furniture that I put together. What do you expect a man to feel? Well, I guess that's the end of my marriage. No, that's my family. End quote. Ali pointed the gun he brought with him at Rayburn and shot him three times in the neck, in the cheek, and in the back of his head at close range. He then shot at Anna, one of the bullets entering her forehead. He then left the apartment as he was calling his mother on the phone. A witness stated they heard him confess to his mother that he had killed Anna. Ali also stated that he was the one that called the police and reported the shooting. He drove to his daughter's school and picked her up, reportedly telling the five-year-old that he had, quote, hurt mommy and was then pulled over on the highway and soon arrested, charged with two counts of first-degree murder. Police say that he confessed to murdering his wife and her friend, but he has officially pleaded not guilty. His daughter is safe with family and there has been a protective order set in place to make sure there is no contact between her and her father. Friends and relatives all say that Rayburn and Anna were just friends and I'm inclined to think that perhaps he was there because Anna may have asked him to since she would have been well aware that Ali had let himself into the apartment only a couple of days prior and had trashed it. Perhaps she had a male friend there because she felt that she wasn't safe, and it seems likely this would be the case, considering the domestic disputes and violence calls that had summoned the police to their apartment in the past. But that's mere speculation on my part. Watching his jailhouse interview, which is very emotional and uncomfortable to watch, you see him begin to visibly tremble while speaking into the phone as it seems, at least to me, 
that he is more upset about the fact that he has lost his career in entertainment than the fact that his wife is dead, his family splintered. He shouts, quote, I was right there, end quote. Speaking about being on the verge of getting to the level of fame he had always wanted. He bragged that he knew he could have gotten any model or woman on the internet, but he wanted his wife. When asked if anyone else could have Anna, he paused, then replied, quote, Not while she was married to me. End quote. Now let me bring you another case, but this one is a little older. Vicky Joe Omdahl, who would later be known as Bryn, met and married actor Phil Hartman, who had found great fame and success in film, voice acting in the TV show The Simpsons, one so unbelievable that it must be hidden from the public at all costs, as well as Saturday Night Live. Hello and welcome to the anal retentive chef. He was loved by all and had a great reputation. Both had already been married and divorced when they met on a blind date in 1986. Phil was again a pretty successful actor, and Bryn had been a model and was also an aspiring actress. The two married in 1987. Soon after, they had two children together. It didn't take long for the marriage to have some pretty serious hiccups. Bryn was frustrated that she had not broken through and had the success she felt she deserved as an actress, and she was also allegedly intimidated by her husband's own success. It was reported that Phil did use his influence to try to get her acting roles. She took this as her being a failure, and the negativity escalated as she began to rely on alcohol and narcotics to numb herself. These decisions landed her in rehab on a few occasions. She took her anger and frustrations out on her husband, and it was reported that she did verbally and physically abuse him on several occasions. She also apparently wrote a letter to Phil's ex-wife where she threatened to rip her eyes out if she ever contacted Phil again. There were situations where Phil would have to take their children and place them in the safe care of family or friends during her rages so that they would not have to witness them. And believe it or not, Phil struck up a friendship with the now household name Joe Rogan. On his show, The Joe Rogan Experience, number 966, Joe was asked if he'd rather hang out with a snarky couple who take jabs at each other or the perfect peaceful couple, and Joe immediately responded with the peaceful pair. Joe said there was nothing worse than being around a married couple who insult each other in public. He then went on to say, They had a very uh, combative relationship, but she used to talk shit about him in front of us. It was just like, she would say he's old, and she would, you know, it's just weird. It was and weird. was it constantly like that? She was always belittling him, always, always tearing him down. They would have these horrible fights, man. As Joe and Phil's friendship grew, Phil began to confide in Joe about the difficulties and abuses in his marriage. Joe told him each time the conversation came up that he should divorce Bryn, but Phil would say that he loved his kids and didn't want to leave. 
We have to make an assumption that he must have had valid reasons as to why it didn't occur to him to divorce her and get full custody of his kids, quite frankly, for his and his children's safety. But regardless, he wanted to make his marriage work and his family to stay together. Bren would have short bouts of sobriety, telling friends that she didn't want to be an addict, but towards the end, she began drinking and using cocaine again, this time with the added benefit of Zoloft. Now, Zoloft is prescribed to people to help treat depression, panic attacks, obsessive-compulsive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, social anxiety, and for women with severe PMS. And that all sounds good until you mix narcotics and alcohol with it. Alcohol can greatly intensify Zoloft's side effects, including sedation, dizziness, and difficulty concentrating. Then when you add cocaine to the cocktail, things get very bad very quickly. According to addictionresource.net, mixing cocaine with Zoloft can cause a life-threatening condition called serotonin syndrome, where there is simply too much serotonin in the body. Mixing all three can cause numerous psychiatric symptoms and disorders, including paranoia, hallucinations, delusions, violence, as well as suicidal and homicidal thinking. And remember, Ali was using cocaine and drinking as well. We already know this isn't going to end well. It was said that Phil would withdraw into himself when he was home, the highly intelligent and introspective guy that he was, and there was some rumors that he was contemplating divorce, but ultimately didn't want to break up his family. A friend of Bryn's said that Bryn wanted a divorce, so after her last stint in rehab, which she left after only being there a few days, she came home. On May 17, 1998, Bryn was acting so aggressive and neurotic that her maid quit that day and never returned. Ten days later, Bryn met with a friend and the supervising producer of the show, Third Rock from the Sun, at an Italian bistro for lunch. She drank two Cosmopolitans over two hours and didn't bring up anything negative. The friend said that she had been in a good mood and seemed content. That evening, when she returned home, there was allegedly a heated argument between her and Phil. He told her that, point blank, if she ever started using drugs again, that that would be the end of their relationship. They argued, and Phil withdrew into himself, as he did, and went to bed. Just before 3 a.m., Bren pulled out a handgun, walked into the room Phil was sleeping in, and shot him three times, in the throat, in his upper chest, and between his eyes. Keep in mind, the children were home. She then left her house and drove to a friend, Ron Douglas's house, and confessed what she had done. The friend didn't believe her, but he followed her back to the house. During this drive, she called yet another friend and confessed. Once Bren and Ron arrived, they went inside where Ron discovered Phil's body and immediately called for emergency services. When police arrived, Ron took the Hartman children and were escorted out by the police. At this time, Bren had locked herself in the bedroom with Phil's body. 
Moments later, she shot herself in the right eye, ending her life. At 6.20 this morning, residents of this upscale Encino neighborhood called police to report gunshots coming from the Hartman's gated estate. Officers arrived to find a nine-year-old boy and a six-year-old girl by the front door, both obviously upset. As they were taking the children out of the house, officers heard a gunshot in the master bedroom. There they discovered comedian Phil Hartman dead. Authorities say it appears his wife Bryn shot him, then turned the gun on herself. Mr. Hartman had been dead for a while. He did not die um, at the same time that uh, Mrs. Hartman apparently killed herself. The autopsy report synopsis states, quote, The decedent is discovered by police lying in bed with multiple gunshot wounds to the head and chest moments after his wife shot herself at 0621 hours. Police were present in the house at the time of wife's shooting. Motive for this homicide-suicide is not known at the time of this writing. End quote. Bryn murdered her husband out of intense anger and jealousy, just as Ali had done to Anna. I wanted to bring up the whole O.J. Simpson story as well, but I think we're all very familiar with that story. He allegedly, supposedly, word has it, murdered his wife and her friend. It's the, quote, if I can't have you, no one can, end quote. And this, this, my friends, is why I've brought this to you because I'm seeing some eerie similarities from these cases to the ongoing spectacle that is Kanye West. Now, we all know Kanye is eccentric. And up until recently, I found his constant antics that he feels are his artistic expression amusing. Interrupting T-Swift during an awards show, calling himself a god, once saying, quote, I don't even listen to rap. My apartment is too nice to listen to rap, end quote. I have always believed he, like Ali and Bryn, had an inflated ego, that his grandiose sense of himself was too much. But for some reason, most all of us chalked it up to him being desperate to stay relevant, that bad press was still press and attention, and he managed to put out some pretty good music, a clothing line and shoe line that I've personally never purchased, but people seem to like other than the price tag, and he's dated beautiful women. He does not come across as humble nor grateful for his successes, but his antics do keep him in the press. We all know that he and Kim Kardashian began a relationship, and they've had four beautiful children, I know a lot of people do not like her and feel she wouldn't have gotten to where she is today had she not, let's say, made bad choices. And I get that. Again, I don't try to get caught up in celebrity drama, but Kanye's recent outward behaviors have got my spidey senses tingling, if you will. Kanye was diagnosed as having bipolar disorder in 2017. For those that might not be familiar with that diagnosis, here's a bit of information. The Mayo Clinic says, quote, Bipolar disorder, formerly called manic depression, is a mental health condition that causes extreme mood swings that include emotional highs, mania or hypomania, and lows, depression. When you become depressed, you may feel sad or hopeless and lose interest or pleasure in most activities. 
When your mood shifts to mania or hypomania, less extreme than mania, you may feel euphoric, full of energy, or unusually irritable. These mood swings can affect sleep, energy, activity, judgment, behavior, and the ability to think clearly. Episodes of mood swings may occur rarely or multiple times a year. While most people experience some emotional symptoms between episodes, some may not experience any. Although bipolar disorder is a lifelong condition, you can manage your mood swings and other symptoms by following a treatment plan. In most cases, bipolar disorder is treated with medications and psychological counseling, psychotherapy, end quote. And again, as I've said a hundred times, I am no expert and I'm not officially diagnosing him with anything, but in my opinion, he shows some signs of narcissism as well. And actually, according to Healthline, quote, Mental health experts have found that some key features of bipolar disorder and narcissism overlap. These include setting high, sometimes unattainable goals and being very impulsive. As a result, people with bipolar disorder often have narcissistic personality disorder. End quote. The grandiose sense of self, the entitlement, and large sense of self-importance, his expectation to be recognized as superior, being preoccupied by fantasies about success and power, intelligent, good looks, or the perfect mate. Kanye seems like he needs constant admiration and he acts arrogant. These are all textbook signs of narcissism. Kanye himself has said that he experiences manic episodes, which typically include paranoia. And we have proof of this with him indicating that COVID-19 vaccine was the mark of the beast, referring to the Christian character, Satan. He's invented a new political party called the Birthday Party. And when the elections were going on, he said he was running for president and a preacher from Wyoming would be his vice presidential candidate. He has stated that Planned Parenthoods were placed in cities by white supremacists who, quote, do the devil's work, end quote. In 2016, Kanye West was hospitalized and placed on psychiatric hold. Yeah, just call, I'm actually uh, one of his doctors. I'm just calling for my cell phone at a request if we can have some police backup because uh, I don't think the paramedics, you know. Are you, not, are, uh, are you there now with them? You can bring both. I, 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 yeah. Yes, I think he definitely is going to need to be hospitalized, so I wouldn't just do the police by itself. I think he needs to... Uh, you, you're his doctor, sir, is that correct? Yes, correct. Okay, so... They reported it was for stress and exhaustion. He had to cancel the rest of that year's tour because during a show, he delivered a, quote, stream of consciousness speech before storming off the stage. We now, of course, know that was due to his diagnosis. Think what you want about Kim, but from a purely social and psychological perspective, she did her best to help Kanye and stay with him during his episodes. He tried medication, but he said he was not himself well on it, so he refuses to take it. After doing everything she knew to do, after seven years of marriage, she finally admitted defeat and filed for divorce in February 2021. Only Kanye's not having it. 
He bought the house across the street from her. He has had a truckload of flowers delivered to her. He very recently indicated that when he spends time with his children, that he feels he is borrowing them. He has flat out threatened Pete Davidson, whom Kim is currently dating and has posted their text exchanges with Kanye thinking people would side with him. Only it was texts from Pete stating that he had no intention of getting in the middle of Kanye's relationship with his children and even indicated he hadn't even met the West children. Which, if that's true, is great. I'm a firm believer in people's children not being a part of a parent's dating. And then we recently had Kanye dressed in a costume making him look like a literal green bush lurking outside of Kim's house. The police had to call Kim and warn her he was stalking her house outside. And as Ollie said about his wife, Kanye is also claiming ownership of Kim by insisting he still call her his wife. I watched a small video of he and Kim in a room with a couple of other people where he was stating he didn't want his wife to dress sexually and on and on. Kim was sitting in a very modest robe looking like she might have just gotten out of the shower and she responded to him that he had built her up and dressed her sexy for the Met Gala and now he didn't want her to dress that way. You now say that you're not into me wearing a tight dress. You are my wife, and it affects me when pictures are too sexy. Guys, this is a huge red flag. And sure, that makes for great headlines, and it keeps him relevant, and everyone has a chuckle. Oh, Kanye, he's so crazy. Ha ha. The excruciatingly few people in my life have all had a laugh at his most recent antics, forwarding me articles and so on, and I was laughing along with them. Oh, Kanye, poor dear. And then a TikTok video came on my screen that made me stop and really kind of take the time to review what has been going on. Mm-mm. Can someone please help this man? There are children involved. He could hurt somebody. Please help him. And of course, after sitting and pondering his behavior, I had the light bulb moment with the Ali, aka Jin Kid incident, and some others came to mind, and it all got me a little concerned. And then I began to go back over some of the things Kanye has said in the recent past, and I interpret it as him communicating ownership over Kim. He says, my wife, in an eerily possessive way. He's stalking her outside her own home, dressed in a costume. He has made very inappropriate statements about her and Pete dating. And now I can't be sure, but it certainly seems like Kim wasn't unfaithful and love her or hate her. I feel that she did try to help him with his mental illness and grin and bear his behaviors for far longer than I certainly would have. But Kanye has openly said that he still considers Kim his wife and refuses to acknowledge the divorce. And yes, I think we all want to believe Kanye is harmless and this is all just a publicity stunt. But what if deep down it isn't? And that's what takes his antics from humorous to quite concerning. And all of this concerns me because there are indeed children involved. 
Ali Abulaban's young daughter has lost both of her parents. Her father murdered her mother, allegedly, supposedly. She's lost them over narcissistic greed, drugs, and perceived ownership and selfishness. Phil Hartman's children have lost both of their parents, their mother murdering their father over the same types of issues. I also feel that OJ, allegedly, supposedly, murdered Nicole because no one else could have her in his mind. Most likely, Kanye is harmless and things will eventually calm down, but I also very strongly think that an intervention is needed for him. They have four small, beautiful children, and I'd hate for things to go too far, and those babies have to grow up missing one or both of their parents. What would someone do for fame? To keep the fame they have? How far would they push, or how far would they go to attain the level of fame and fortune they desire? And then we throw in the narcissistic abuse. Sometimes it leads to murder. What I'm saying is, if you see something, say something. Perhaps we should not find the antics amusing and perhaps take steps to ensure the safety of the people around them, at the very least for the children's sake. Thanks for listening.